Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. When you mentally picture a suit of armor, you might not think about footwear. But God does, and His special armor for believers includes a pair of shoes. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah considers the important role of the spiritual footwear, the third piece of armor in the Christian's arsenal. From spiritual warfare, here's David to introduce his message, The Shoes of the Gospel of Peace. And thank you for joining us today. This is Turning Point, and we're studying the whole concept of spiritual warfare. And we're going through the various pieces of armor that Paul said we're to put on as we go into battle. Today, we're going to take on uh, the shoes, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And uh, interestingly enough, I hold in my hands a resource for the month of, of June. It's a book called Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare. It's a a gift-sized book, hardback cover, beautifully designed. And on page 90 in this beautiful gift book, there's a section on the shoes of the gospel of peace. And the question is, what protection do the shoes of the gospel of peace provide? And then there's a whole lot of copy, like three pages, concisely written to help you understand what this means. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Isaiah 26, 3. When you trust in the Lord, you walk in his way. This book is really special because it's so user-friendly. You can wrap your arms around it real quickly and gain the truth that's in it. And we want to send it to you during the month of June is our way of saying thank you for your gift to Turning Point during this very important month. June is the final month in the fiscal year of Turning Point, which means we need your help, especially during this month. Uh, each year, I kind of look at the calendar, and I, I know that in December and in June, I will ask you for your help because it's so important that you stay involved and, if not, get involved with Turning Point to help us with this mission of filling the airwaves with the Word of God until Jesus comes. So thank you for your help. Thank you for your gift to us, and we want to say thank you in a special way with this book, Spiritual Warfare question book and answer book. So when you send your gift, ask for that book, will you? Just say, please send me the book on spiritual warfare. It'll be on its way to you before you know it. Now, let's get started with um, lesson number one on the shoes of the gospel of peace. This is very interesting. So stay tuned. We have been studying from the book of Ephesians in the sixth chapter. What in the world does it mean that we're to put on the whole armor of God so that we can enter into spiritual warfare and be successful. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the sixth chapter, and I want to read just two verses. We're going to talk about one piece of the armor. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, we read these words. Stand therefore, 
having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've talked about the first two implements of warfare in verse 14, and I want to spend the time that we have together talking about verse 15, which says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Stu Weber is a former Green Beret captain, and he writes about the importance of our shoes if we're in the military. He said, historically, far more soldiers on the battlefield have been immobilized by foot problems than have gone down from bullets. This was certainly true in Vietnam. Many a platoon sergeant in those jungles felt the most critical part of his job was to be a foot care specialist. Sometimes he felt more like a nurse or a mother than he did a leader of a lean, mean fighting machine. Change your socks, boys, became the regular mantra. Take your boots off, dry your feet, powder them up, or you're no good to this unit. Feet were important in the Vietnam War. Shoes, you see, are absolutely essential to fighting. Can you imagine a soldier dressed up in his armor from head to foot with no shoes on? I mean, there are not too many barefoot soldiers that you hear about in history. There are not too many barefoot soldiers because without shoes, you would be unfit for combat, even if you were well-equipped in every other area. However powerful your chest may be, however wonderful your loins, if you get wounded in your feet, if you slip and fall in the battle, you will be easy prey for the antagonist. The Roman soldier from which this whole analogy comes wore thick-soled, hobnailed shoes or sandals. And the sandals were held on his feet by thick leather straps. On the bottom of the soles were spikes made of little pieces of metal, enabling the soldier to be sure-footed in battle. And even on the slickest ground, they could stand in hand-to-hand -hand combat and not slip back. The traction also provided the Romans with superior mobility, a great advantage in war. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones writes, nothing is more important in an army than mobility. The Romans were very interested in this aspect of warfare, and the man who first saw the importance of mobility in a military sense was Alexander the Great, one of the greatest captains of armies and of war that the world has ever known. He lived in the fourth century before Christ, and he had his greatest successes by moving his armies quickly and unexpectedly while his foes were stationary or moving in a ponderous and slow manner. So he provided his soldiers with the right kind of footwear. And the Romans and others had by this time began to copy Alexander. So footwear became an important issue in the military realm. Combat footwear was important for another reason. One of the familiar devices in war back then, in those days, is kind of copied in the warfare today, but with a little more explosive nature to it. But back then, in those days, was to place certain traps or gins in the ground. They would place a piece of wood or a stick and chisel it into a narrow point, and they would fix this into the ground with the sharp point sticking up slightly above the surface, almost invisible. When an enemy came running along, if he had no sandals on, these spikes would suddenly penetrate the sole of his feet. And this would not only cause severe pain, it would cause bleeding, and it might also become infected 
put the soldier completely out of action. It was most important, therefore, that the feet should be protected against these traps that were camouflaged and hidden in order to cause this trouble. So Paul, using this analogy from the Roman armor, took from the context of Roman warfare the concept of having a good foundation so that when we go into the battle, we have the opportunity to win. And we're told in the context that the Christian soldier's boots, listen to this, are the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what it says. That's the name of your shoes in the armor of the believer. The word preparation comes from a Greek word which means readiness or firmness. It is a phrase that refers to certain steadfastness which the gospel brings to those who believe in it. In other words, the gospel stabilizes our hearts and gives us peace because we know that God will always be working for our good. The apostle here is dealing with one thing and basically one thing only, namely our fight and our conflict with the devil. He's not thinking about evangelizing. He's not picturing a Christian being attacked by night and by day by others. He's talking about the devil and all of his powers. In fact, it says in the text, we're to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we are warned that if he comes and we are not filled with the power of God and properly prepared by the armor that God has given us, we will be victimized in the warfare. John Stott said, the devil fears and hates the gospel because it is God's power to rescue people from his tyranny, both us who have received it and those with whom we share it. So we need to keep our gospel boots strapped on or we're not going to make it. The Bible says that the shoes we wear are the gospel of peace. The foundation for our fighting is the settled peace within us that God gives us as Christians. We have been learning about Satan during these days, and we have learned that Satan is the destroyer of peace. His purpose in coming to this earth was to bring separation between man and God and to bring division between man and man. Follow his career, and everywhere you look, there's division and separation. When we do combat with Satan, we must possess the weapon that will enable us to withstand the particular attack that he's making upon us. And that implement of warfare, according to the scripture, is the gospel of peace. Now let's talk about that for just a moment and the relationship of the shoes that we wear to the rest of the armor, especially the part of the armor we've already learned about. First of all, it is important that we see the relationship of our shoes to everything else that God has given us to equip us. The beginning place where we started was the girdle of truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we put on the truth, we put on Christ. When we studied the breastplate of righteousness, we learned that the righteousness that protects us is the righteousness of Jesus Christ that has been imparted to us. We are dressed up in the position of the righteousness of Christ. And likewise, we are to remember that in Jesus Christ, we have peace. We have peace in Christ. Ephesians 2.14 says, He himself is our peace. The gospel of peace as we appropriate that truth in our lives we can go forward into the battle and be victorious the relationship of the shoes to the rest of the armor is a very logical one think about this we start with the truth which brings us to righteousness 
which results in peace. Because we have been declared righteous in Christ, we are now at peace with God. Romans 5.1 puts it this way, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hearts are at peace, says Paul. And since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know that before you became a Christian, you were an enemy of God? You were at enmity with God. Now, you may not have been an active enemy, but you were a passive one. And before you came to Christ, you had your fists closed to God saying, I can do this myself. I don't need you. But when you trust Christ, he brings to you the end of all of your hostility with God. The war's over with God, and now you're at peace with him. And the result of that is calmness and courage in your heart. To use a modern term, I think the most accurate we can use is that when you have peace with God, it changes your whole morale. It changes the way you think. Your morale goes from uncertainty to very high. You're ready for anything. No ground can be too rough for you. You have Christ, therefore you have good morale. That's what the text means. Now, here's the problem. We're not in a battle against people, although it may seem that way at times. We are in a battle in the realm of thoughts and attitudes. So it is important that we be equipped with peace in the inward man. Some of you remember and others of you have read about the dark days in England during World War II when the terrible blitz by the Germans upon England was in full force. Bombs were raining down on the city all of the time. And I've been in London and seen some of the remaining evidences of that war in some of the churches and other public buildings that were left with the scars so people would not forget. The people of England were afraid and their hearts were failing them with fear. And then a man whom they greatly respected would go to the microphone and on across the airwaves he would begin to speak. And that one man's voice would ring out over the nation and the people would listen and they would take heart again and their morale would be strong. Winston Churchill would inspire them to new hope and new belief. In my office that I have at home, I have a bust of Winston Churchill that I got on the Rock of Gibraltar that I visited some years ago. And when I look at that bust of Winston Churchill, I'm reminded of the courage and the strength and the faith that he brought to the British people. And that is what Jesus Christ does for us. He is our peace. He comes to us in the midst of our struggle when the battle is almost unbearable and the circumstances look impossible. And the Bible says he speaks peace to us and gives us the encouragement that we need so that our morale is lifted and we can go back into the battle, whatever that battle may be, and be victorious. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the apostle Paul says that the peace of God surpasses all understanding and it guards our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. So the relationship of our shoes to the rest of the armor is simply this. We start with truth, the truth of God, the truthfulness in us. We move from truth to righteousness, the righteousness of Christ and our own practical righteousness. And from righteousness, we move to peace. How many of you know that if you start with the truth and you get the righteousness of Christ, you have a heads up on peace in your heart? The battle is over. The ultimate battle has been won. And you can now settle down and be confident in who you are in Jesus Christ. 
Now, let's talk secondly about the requirement of the shoes for this armor. Let me suggest to you that the requirement of the shoes for the armor is so evident. We must have this in order to fight the war. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 and verse 26 that in the last days, men's hearts would be failing them for fear as they contemplate what is coming to pass on this earth. Now, I know that that passage speaks about some of the early stages of the tribulation period. But how many of you know that before the tribulation period starts, some of these things will be evident? And I don't know if we're there yet, but I do know one thing. Men's hearts are failing them for fear. I know that for sure. So whether we're in that particular time or not, this verse of Scripture is very appropriate. Men's hearts failing them for fear because they don't know any of the answers. And here we are, the people of God. We're ready for armor, and God has given us a foundation of peace. And we walk into this ambivalent world filled with all of the concern and the challenges, and we become the reflection of the peace of God to the world around us. How desperate is it? I pulled these statistics off the Internet, and here's what they say. There are 40 million American adults ages 18 and over who have an anxiety disorder. 65% of North Americans take prescription medications daily and 43% mood-altering prescriptions regularly. Paxil and Zoloft, two of the more popular anti-anxiety medications, are 7th and 8th in the top 10 medications in the United States. And these two medications alone totaled almost $5 billion in sales in the last year when the records were kept. So what does that say? It simply says what Luke says and what Jesus said, that men's hearts are failing them for fear. Anxiety is at an all-time high. And so basically what we need is we need peace, don't we? We need a sense of inner security, a sense that... With everything that's going on around us, it doesn't affect the center of who we are. And that's what the shoes are for. They're to give us this foundation of peace so that as we go into the war and we fight the battle, we're not wondering where we stand. We know where we stand. We stand in the presence of the peace of God which he has given to us. And that brings us to the third thing. We've talked about the relationship of the shoes to the armor and the requirement of it, why it's necessary. Let's talk about the reasons for the shoes. If you have your Bibles open, turn over to the book of Matthew. If you had to go to one passage in the Scripture that talks about anxiety and worry, and there's only one passage you could go to, and that's the sixth chapter of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 6, we are given the prescription for worry. And I've always loved this passage. I've preached a number of sermons on it. But here we are reminded as we look at Matthew chapter 6 that the reasons why we need peace are evident to us. First of all, without shoes, without peace, we become ungrateful people. In verse 25, it says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
This last question is rhetorical in this verse. In essence, Jesus is saying, don't be ungrateful for the provision that you have. You cannot be fighting for the Lord while not trusting him for the very basic things that he's promised. You can't go out into combat and be a warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ while at the same time you're distrusting his very basic concern and care for you as one of his children. Don't be ungrateful for the provision you have. Be confident in what God has done for you. If you don't have the peace that comes from trusting God, for the very provisions of your life, you will be unable to fight in the war. What is it that God has done? I always like to say this. He's given us food to put in, a shelter to put over, clothes to put on, and that's basically what we need, isn't it? He's given us everything that we need. And so if you read this passage and you think about what peace means in the spiritual warfare, You can't fight spiritual warfare if you do not trust the one who has promised to care for you. You need to back up, take a good long look at what he has said, and recognize you can be settled down in your spirit because Almighty God has promised to care for your needs. So if you don't have your shoes on, if you don't have peace, you become ungrateful. And if you don't have on your shoes, you become unreasonable. Notice verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Jesus in this passage of Scripture says, here are the birds that he cares for. You worry all about what's going on in your life. You're all upset about everything that's happening. I want you to use the birds for an example. They don't even know enough to sow and they don't know enough to reap. But the Father takes care of them because he loves them. And here's the question. Are you not more important to him than the birds are? Do you think the Father would care for the birds and not take care of you? That is not even reasonable. It is not reasonable to believe that. So it's illogical. If the God of the universe cares for the birds and the lilies of the field, doesn't he care for you? And if he does, you can rest assured in that. You can settle down in that truth. You're getting the picture here? When you have peace with God, it's a settled down kind of situation where you're not fretting every day about the things that the rest of the world frets about because you have come to understand this confidence in God. Without shoes, you're ungrateful, unreasonable, And number three, without shoes, you're unproductive. Here's the next verse in Matthew 6. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Now, you can worry all you want, but you can't change anything. Worry never changes anything. It might change your digestive system. That's about it. (laughs) What I've discovered about worry and anxiety is this, that about 90% of everything I'm prone to worry about never happens. Worry is always about future things that we don't have any control over. And so if you don't exemplify the peace of God, if you are constantly worrying, how are you going to do battle with the enemy? The Bible says you've got to put on the shoes of peace. You've got to get past worrying about the things everybody else worries about. What good does it do to worry? That is the whole point. Not to have your shoes on is unproductive. To think that you can go through your life, take care of all the circumstances of your life by yourself, trying to fight the war without the peace of God, it is not going to work. You've got to be able to trust the one who has called you into battle. And without shoes, this is pretty rough, but without shoes, you're unchristian. Notice what it says in verses 31 and 32. Therefore, do not worry. Do not lack peace in your life, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. 
for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, the word Gentiles is often translated in the Bible by the word pagans. It means those who don't know God. It is simply an observation that if you get all hung up over all the basics, you are no different than the world. So you're supposed to be fighting the world. Now you're acting like the world. What side are you on? God says, settle down into my provision for you. Take knowledge of the peace that I provided and the promises that I have given. Amen. Amen. Hey, friends, we have a wonderful book we want to tell you about. We hope you will get a motivational thought to get this book and make it your own. You can get a copy of this book by sending a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of June. You know, everything in life can be viewed through a microscope or a telescope. We can take the short view or the long view, and both are really important. In the spiritual life, we tend to focus on the more immediate perspective, troubling circumstances. They take our time away from the big picture of spiritual warfare, and if we're not careful, we get so involved in the present, we don't see the whole picture. That's why I'm so excited about the resource for the month of June, Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare, addresses both perspectives, Satan's strategies against the human race and the believer's strategies for offense and defense to have victory in these spiritual battles. So the Bible says God will ultimately be victorious and win the war, but it also says he's given us promises and power to win our daily battles. And in this book that we want to send you, this very beautiful gift book called Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare, you will find many helpful pages that will spur you on to victory in your life. This book is yours for a gift of any size during the month of June, a very special giving month here at Turning Point. We count on your support as we end the fiscal year together. Ask for your copy of this book when you send your gift today. And we'll see you next time on Monday, right here on This Good Station. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current teaching series, Spiritual Warfare, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of David's timely book, Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare. It's filled with strategies for fighting the forces of evil, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.org radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, Spiritual Warfare, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we're living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. 
We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. One of the most daring Christian missionaries in the 19th century was Britain's David Livingston. He explored the heart of the African continent and blazed a trail that others would later follow. Hacking his way through unexplored territory, he is famous for having said, I will go anywhere provided it is forward. And that reminds me of the Apostle Paul who, in his own missionary travels, was stopped twice by God before a third direction resulted in an open door. The secret is to keep moving forward. It is much easier for God to direct our path while we're moving forward than when we're standing still because of fear. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's guidance on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.